Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is season one, episode three, and this will be the second time that I've recorded this episode because the first time I started recording and then I played it back and I realized that it really was just not good. So hopefully this time it will be better. Um, We're already off to a great start. I can't speak. So, (laughs) all right. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about nightmares and experiencing intense emotions in dreams. So one of the misconceptions that people have about lucid dreaming, one of many, is that um, when you know how to lucid dream, it means that you won't get nightmares because if you have a nightmare, you can just take control of it. And that is true. I've definitely done that and I know that many people are able to do that. But the problem is when you're having a nightmare and you're really afraid, that tends to override your sense of self and it'll, it just takes over. And so all you're thinking about is how afraid you are and you get really wrapped up in what's happening and you forget that you're having a dream or you're not able to ever figure out that it's not real because you're just so afraid that that's all you're thinking about. And, you know, you can't think clearly when you're really afraid or when you're really angry or even when you're really excited. Those strong emotions, um, they make it really difficult for you to think clearly and to focus on anything. So that's what I really wanted to just go over in this episode because next time I'm gonna do an episode on some actual tips on how to lucid dream and just some of the techniques that I think you can use and um, I'm sure that you'll probably have heard of some of them but I'm gonna also talk about I'm sure that I'll mention some that I that I don't really like and then Obviously, of course, like I said, I'll talk about ones that I think are really good and will work for most people. So anyway, back to the emotions. So the strong emotions that you tend to feel in dreams, they can be positive or negative. So most of the time it's going to be fear or it's going to be excitement. And those are the top two. I would say that fear, though, is the one that you most come across in dreams. And because it could be fear of anything right? Like, if you have intense social anxiety and you have a dream you're at the store, just the fact that you're at the store is making you really anxious, and that's going to make it really difficult for you to have a lucid dream. So it doesn't even have to be, like, a crazy fear, like, oh, I'm getting chased by a murderer. Like, it doesn't have to be something so extreme like that. It could be something as simple as being at the grocery store and someone gives you a weird look, and you're like, oh my gosh, why are they giving me such a weird look? It... It can be anything that makes you specifically really anxious. And this is one of the interesting things about dreams because because everyone who is dreaming, you know, because all people are different, we'll all experience slightly different things in our dreams because we all have different fears and anxieties. And a lot of people believe that um, dreams come from our brains trying to problem solve. And I think that that's probably for sure true in a lot of cases, that your brain is trying to process things and it's trying to figure out how to solve problems, and so you'll dream about things that give you anxiety. And it's it's probably good because maybe we do learn from those experiences in our dreams just by going over the same scenarios over and over again, but it's definitely a hurdle to lucid dreaming that you experience so much anxiety and so much fear when you're sleeping. So... You really need to learn to look past 
your anxiety and look past your fear and look at things not quite logically because dreams often don't have very much logic to them, but almost like you take a step back and you look at it through the lens of what was I doing before this? Why am I doing this thing? How does this make any sense? And so I guess it is a kind of logic. It's just that you look at it from an outside perspective, from almost outside of yourself, and you think, why is this happening and what am I doing? And that's when you start to notice, hey, I don't actually remember getting my car and driving here. I don't remember how I got to the grocery store. And so things like that, like connecting where you are to where you've been and just being, I think it's mindfulness, just being very mindful of what you're doing and who you are and just knowing your place in the world because that'll reveal to you why you're in a location that you really should not be or that you don't ever go. Because the thing is, you can't achieve lucidity and escape a nightmare if all you're focused on is your fear. So if you're not able to get over your fear and think about it practically and from that outside standpoint, then you'll just sit there and you won't even have any thoughts because you'll just be afraid, 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 afraid. And you don't, you won't even have any, like, you know how you think in words, although not everyone thinks in words, but either way, like the way that you think you won't be thinking because you'll just be feeling whatever the strong emotion is. Conveniently, last night I had a dream that I was kidnapped. And it wasn't like a super like scary kidnapping. It was just that they wanted me to help them like rob a store or something. And I don't even know how it worked, you know? Like it was dream logic. I didn't even do anything. I just kind of stood there while they robbed the store. And that was me helping them, I guess. But, you know, they robbed the store and then... They were running away, and I was running away with them because I'd been forced to help them rob a store. And then they tied me up, and they left me in this grassy field by these houses. And then the police showed up, and they were interviewing me, and they were like, hey, you know, what happened? And then now that the people were gone who had kidnapped me, I wasn't afraid anymore. And so I was staring at the detective while he was asking me questions, and then I was like, wait, I do not live in this neighborhood and I don't even know where this is. I've never seen this place before. And that's when I realized, oh, this isn't real. It's a dream. And it just, it hit me so hard. And I was like, oh, and then I was really lucid. And then I was able to look around and I thought it was super cool. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it'll hit you pretty hard sometimes. <laughs> it's just that it's not real. And other times it'll be more casual and you'll just be like, oh, cool. And it won't really matter that much. But I think that that's probably for more advanced dreamers. Like, if you haven't been lucid very many times, then obviously it's going to be exciting. And like I have mentioned before, and like I will definitely talk about in the next episode, that excitement of realizing that you're lucid might wake you up. So <laughs> that's, that's going to be a struggle in the future of just keeping yourself from getting so excited that you wake up. So if you look up the characteristics of dreams, many different places will say that intense emotions are one of the hallmarks of dreams. So something will happen in a dream that really is not that big a deal. Like maybe when you're at that grocery store in your dream and you are looking for, I don't know, you're looking for cereal and you're in the cereal aisle looking for cereal and then you look over 
and someone like gets really mad at you for no reason, like they just shoot you a really mean look, then maybe in reality you'd be like, whoa, they have a problem and you'd walk away. But in the dream, you're just consumed by just this response of anger or maybe a response of just intense embarrassment. And that's just, it's so intense and you can't think about anything else. And that's one of the things that dreams are made of. Like if you were making a dream from a recipe book, intense emotions are definitely going to be one of the ingredients. And I'm not sure why that is. I could look that up actually and talk about that more later if people are interested. But intense emotions are kind of what guide our dreams because if you're really interested in something in a dream, then maybe that'll become the focus of a dream. And I've noticed that just from recording my own that if I'm really interested in a specific location in a dream, maybe like I'll look over and see a cool building, then maybe that'll become the center of my dream. And then I'll walk over and go in it and that'll be part of it. And I'm not talking about lucidly. I'm not saying, oh, I'll choose to do it and then it'll happen because of course it would. I'm talking about when you're not lucid dreaming and the dream just shifts on its own. So remember how I define um, a dream shift is when you're doing something in a dream, something's happening, and then suddenly the plot of the dream changes, even though the location hasn't changed or the characters hasn't changed. It's just that whatever you're doing, like for whatever reason has changed. So the context is different, even if the place and the people are the same. And I hope that makes sense because unless, I think unless you've seen it, it might be kind of difficult to grasp, but hopefully I'm wrong and I'm, I'm hopeful that you understand. An additional side note and almost a tangent that I want to go off on here is that when in your waking daily actual life, you're experiencing a lot of stress or a lot of um, like actual intense emotions, so maybe you've just lost a loved one and someone has passed away, then a lot of times those intense emotions will translate over to dreams. So maybe if you have just lost a loved one, then you'll have dreams about other people dying or you'll have other really sad dreams that aren't even related to the actual event. They'll just be dreams that elicit similar emotions in you. And I know that for me personally, when I'm really stressed in real life and I have a lot of things that I'm doing and I feel like I'm stretched in all these different directions, then it's a real, it's more of a struggle for me to become lucid in dreams. And it's more of a struggle for me to kind of pull myself together in dreams and really focus on what I want to do or what I need to do to stay lucid because it's just easier and it's less work to not and it's easier to just let the dream be a dream and not think so hard um, and actually it also makes it more difficult to remember dreams when you're really stressed out because you wake up and you start thinking about other things immediately and there's no time that you take to just focus on yourself and focus on what you were just thinking about like this morning I woke up and I did not remember any dreams that I had last night and I was laying there and I was like oh no I don't remember anything and I was gonna just get up and then I was like no how about I just take a minute and just lay here 
and think really hard about, you know, about what happened. And I laid there and I couldn't think of anything. And then it was like 15 seconds later, all of a sudden it was just there and I could see everything and I could see the dream that happened. And it's still really choppy. I think it was difficult to remember because the dream didn't have a real plot line. It was just very random other than the kidnapping part, which I think was the end of the dream. But, you know, don't be afraid to, when you wake up, just to lay there and really think hard about what happened. And if you don't remember anything, then of course that's okay too, because you're still training yourself. Yeah, I do want to remember. And you're training yourself that when you wake up, you just want to be mindful and you want to be present and think about what you were just dreaming about. Because when you look at the sleep cycle, when you wake up, you were dreaming not too long before you woke up. So when you wake up, the chances are the dream that you're remembering is probably the one that you just had however long ago, like, you know, 45 minutes ago or whatever. So it wasn't that long ago, the one that you're probably going to think of. So an additional strategy for remembering dreams then might be that when you wake up, maybe set your alarm a little bit early. Set it 10 minutes, 5 minutes early, and then when you wake up, just lay there for a few minutes. And don't think about what you have to do that day. Don't start stressing about work or school. Just lay there and just think about what you were dreaming about. And if nothing comes to you, then don't stress out about it. Because stress is your enemy here. (laughs) If you're trying to be centered and trying to be mindful, then you can't be stressed about whether or not you're doing a good enough job or what else you need to do. Because you are yourself, remember? (laughs) In a dream, you're the only thing there. So the only thing stopping you is yourself. And by getting stressed out and getting mad at yourself, you're creating obstacles that don't need to be there. You're putting all this pressure on yourself that's going to affect your ability to do well in this. Because quite literally, lucid dreaming is all in your head. So the fact that you're putting all this additional, like all these, all this additional burden on yourself, you just don't need to do that. And it's far better to just be at peace with it and be like, hey, yeah, if I can lose a dream, that would be great. And you can even be excited about it, you know, be motivated. But the idea that you need to get all stressed out about it and put all this pressure on yourself, it's only going to hurt you. It can't possibly help you. It's far better to listen to podcasts like this one and read articles and focus on your dream journal and just just be like thinking about it but don't be stressed out about it because that cannot help you it will only hurt you it's totally different to be stressed about something or even to be obsessed with it than it is to just be thinking about it and be mindful of it and think about how you want to do it and like be motivated those are very different things and one of them elicits more strong emotions like being stressed and then getting frustrated and angry with yourself, that's really detrimental to that mindfulness in the dream. Because if you're stressed out in waking life, not only is it going to make it more difficult for you to remember dreams when you wake up, but it'll probably make you have more intense emotional dreams because that'll translate to stress-related dreams. And then you'll have to focus on overcoming the stress of the dream in addition to just becoming lucid in a normal, peaceful, calm dream. Now, 
focusing back on nightmares again, I think that in the future I would really like to do maybe a few episodes in a series on nightmares and night terrors and sleep paralysis because they people sometimes mix them up, but they are extremely different. So sleep paralysis is when your brain wakes up, but your body thinks that you're still asleep. So that's where people describe that they're trapped in their body and they're laying there. And so their body thinks that they're still sleeping, but the brain is awake. So normally their eyes are at least a little bit open. Sometimes they're all the way closed and they're just sort of hallucinating because they're caught between being awake and being asleep. And so they'll have like hallucinations of monsters standing over them and all sorts of really scary things, but it's actually just because their body isn't sure if it should, you know, be asleep or wake up and it's just, it's being stuck. So that's very different from a nightmare, which is where you're having a scary dream. That's all a nightmare is. And then a night terror is when you're having a scary dream, but your body physically acts out what you're doing in the dream. So like if you're running in the in your dream, then if you're having a night terror, then in your bed, you'll be like kicking and like trying to run. And people who have night terrors, I don't think, I think it's part of the diagnosis of night terrors that they never remember having them. And I might be wrong about that. Some people might remember having their night terrors, but I'm pretty sure that it's part of the just overarching condition that you don't remember. And that's an issue in the brain of disconnecting the sensations that your brain is sending to your body. Um, So, okay. (laughs) So let's explain this a little bit from the start. So when you're having a dream and you're dreaming that you're going for a walk, the thing is when you're having that dream and you're having the sensation in the dream of walking, part of the way that your brain simulates that is that it sends the actual signals that it sends when you're awake to your legs and tells them to move so you can walk. So your brain is in fact sending out those real signals, but then it actually counteracts itself and it'll stop. Like, I don't remember if it sends another message that says, actually, wait, don't do that. Or if it just overrides itself and like stops the message. But either way, it's able to override itself and it says, okay, wait, actually don't do that. And so it's just constantly kind of Like, it's still sending the signals, but then it's keeping you from acting them out. And so when people, like, talk in their sleep or when people move in their sleep a little bit, like, sometimes, sometimes people, people, when they're asleep, they'll talk in their sleep or, like, they'll move their arm out in front of them like they're actually doing something and then they'll drop it or something. And that's because they are, their brain is actually sending the signals, but then it's just not canceling them out for some reason. So that's the basis of night terrors. It's when the brain sends the signal and then the body actually does it instead of ignoring it or getting it canceled out. It actually just straight up does it. And night terrors, as implied by the name, are always really scary and it's because something scary is happening to the person in the dream they're having. And so they're freaking out. And they're freaking out internally because they're having a nightmare, but what makes it a night terror is that they're acting out what they're doing when they're afraid. And so that's sleep paralysis and night terrors. 
And then, like I said, nightmares are just nightmares. It's just when you go to sleep and you have a scary dream and sometimes you'll wake up crying or sweating or whatever. It's just, it's because, you know, sometimes, sometimes your brain freaks out a little bit and you just get to live in the moment and freak out. So it's really great. Um, yeah. So lucid dreaming can definitely be used to overcome nightmares. Not so sure about the other two because those are actual other problems and you should probably talk to a doctor about that and you should probably research those more on your own. But I would love to also do a series on those in the future because I think that those are absolutely fascinating and I think that sleep in general is just really interesting. If you haven't noticed by the fact that I have a literal podcast about it, so, in summary, you cannot escape a nightmare if you're afraid. And it's a really harsh truth because, you know, obviously that's what kind of defines a nightmare. It's that you're going to be afraid. So, you, like, I think it actually might be, thankfully I think it might be easier if you're someone who experiences reoccurring nightmares. Um, many people who have PTSD and things like that, when they have a nightmare, it's the same scene over and over again, or it's very similar scenes over and over again. And the good news about that is you can start recognizing elements of those that are always the same. So that actually is going to make it easier for you to overcome them and to achieve that lucidity and to stop it. And for some people, when they become lucid in a nightmare, they don't even have to consciously think about ending it because you know, they kind of, they're, they're, suddenly they're very conscious of what's going on and they're like, oh, this isn't real. And so sometimes for them, the nightmare will literally just stop and that'll either make them wake up or it'll just change the dream so it's not scary anymore. So I think that that's really interesting also, you know, and so yeah, you know, you, you have a nightmare, you achieve lucidity, sometimes that'll just end it and you'll wake up, sometimes it'll just make the dream less scary, but either way, you're better off than you were before running away from Frankenstein or whatever it was you're doing. So all of this really, you know, escaping nightmares and just achieving lucidity in any dream is just getting a handle on your emotions and getting a grasp on them and making sure that you're thinking from an outside perspective and not from a place of being overwhelmed by emotion. And I think that that's actually a good lesson in mindfulness also. You know, just like the like how people meditate and like find their center and all that stuff. I think that this relates a lot to that. So just that idea of really being calm and looking at things from a clear perspective, a clear state of mind, and not being so wrapped up in what you're feeling and just, you know, being consumed by all of your strong emotions. Like, it's okay to calm down and to look at things logically from an outside perspective and not be so wrapped up in it. So, I think that that brings this episode to a close. I think that that went much better than the first time. So, for that, I am grateful. And I'm also grateful to everyone for listening to this. I really appreciate it. And I'm flattered every time I get a notification that someone else has listened to it. And yes, I do check to see if people are listening. So thank you very much.
So, um, on the next episode, on episode four of season one, I'm going to finally talk about some specific tips and some specific strategies that I think that they'll work for everyone. These specific strategies for lucid dreaming, I think that they're they're consistently good for multiple different people. And I think that many of the strategies that are out there that people typically find don't work for everyone, and I think that they're pretty specific for different people. So... (laughs) If that makes any sense. I'm kind of losing it. Talking for 25 minutes to myself in my room is just, it's a little strange. It's a little weird. I'm getting used to it though. So thank you again for listening. I hope you have a good evening. I hope you have a good morning. I hope you have a good afternoon, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Have a great rest of your day and dream on.